The Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it is so much more. It's uh, author interviews. We bring you news, the latest in sci-fi and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans like you. Now, one important thing that you need to realize, ladies and gentlemen, is our show is entirely funded by you, our patrons of the arts, (laughs) or in this case, us. But... Uh, if you would like to support the show, if you get a little value out of the show, check out patreon.com slash sword and laser. Thank you to all the folks who back our show uh, and uh, all the folks who have decided just now to back the show. You guys are awesome. You are awesome. And in fact, we're inching ever closer to a thousand dollars and we don't have a milestone for that, but I feel like this month well, we, need to, we need to fulfill the last milestone. Yes, we are still Which, working on Which, by the way, that. we have news. We have news. We received a prototype jingle mm-hmm. over the break. Uh, so the progress has been made. You will get a jingle. It's hard to get jingles made during the holidays. I'm sure you understand. There's all the <laughs> bells are using them, right? All the, yeah. The elves have a lockdown on all the bells. Far as the eye can see, we yep. keep trying to find the jingle bells and they are just nowhere. I mean, I've gone to back lots. I've I've tried overstock.com. It's just bells everywhere. You show up and the guy laughs at you. He's like, he's like, really? This time of year? You didn't reserve ahead? (laughs) Well, sorry. Like, what? You might as well be looking for eggnog, lady. Right. Because that happened to me too. I tried to buy eggnog. You cannot buy eggnog. What's, do they not sell it anymore? No. It's against the law in California, I guess. All right. Literally Uh, against the law. Speaking of drinking, what are we drinking? What are you drinking? I'm having a mimosa. With flat Vouve Clicquot champagne that's mm. left over from New Year's. Nice. In your ZDNet champagne flute, uh, Yeah, it's the only champagne flutes we have. <laughs> Do you have more than one? We have or two. just the one? We have two. Oh, that's One good. for me, one for Eileen. All right. I am drinking, um, I'm just going classic Veronica with a glass of uh, bullet rye on the rock. Just single rock. On the Alcatraz? Um, on the Alcatraz. Hanging out in Alcatraz with Sean, Sean Connery. Wait, is he, on, is he on The Rock? Or is that um, Sean Connery's on The Rock? Sure. He is for you. He is in my mind, anyway. <laughs> he is in your rock. Hey, Not happy frickin' episode 200. Hey! Guys. Cheers! Hey! Hey! Cheers! That's why you're drinking champagne, right? Mm. Champagne. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we, uh, we worked hard. We planned. And we couldn't find any jingle bells, so no. we're just doing pretty much a regular episode. But we have, we have a, a very small special piece of the episode coming. Don't get Do don't get too excited. Do we? Don't we? Don't want to build it up too much. Are you trying to keep my expectations in check? I'm trying is to keep what, everybody's expectations. Right everybody's expectations. Yeah. I mean, because you know what it is already. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. No, I remember. I remember. I am just joking. There you go. Oh, that bullet rise serving me right. Good. Doing me good. All right. Let's jump right into the quick burns. A lot of news. Uh, Things go quiet uh, over the uh, over the break. Uh, Mm -hmm. But uh, Mark Zuckerberg is coming for us. Veronica, he started started a book club. I actually saw this and was like, and immediately got 30 million people. What? (sighs) Oh. Makes me want to leave. No, actually, Listen, it's fine. You guys, you guys out there, you know where your loyalties lay. I'll be honest. You no, know. I feel like this is a really cool thing. 
Like, shut up, Tom. No, seriously. Don't like, shut up. That's not nice to say. He's, he's doing the same things that we do, which is encouraging people to read. And maybe it's all for show. Maybe he had a team of press people craft these messages. But when I read all his messages, it just really felt like he's like, you know what? I decided I want to read more. So I'm going to read a book every two weeks, which pff, forget that. I would never be able to keep up. <laughs> it's pretty intense. Yeah. And he's like, and I want you guys to follow along with me if you want. Because I think it'd be fun. So let's start a group. Like he's actually just using Facebook like a normal user would use Facebook, except he happens to be Mark Zuckerberg. So he got 30 million people to follow along you know and like made after? Amazon sell out of the books that he's picked. So right. Far. Yeah. You know who he's after? He's after Oprah. Zuckerberg oh, is coming for Oprah. You think so? Oh, yeah. She is the queen bee of book clubs. Let me tell you what. I mean, she's me and Felicia got nothing on her. She is like the queen bee of book clubs. And Zuckerberg, he's got the social network behind him. Hmm. He's got more eyeballs on his social network than she probably has on her show. So I'm just saying, man, can you imagine what it would be like to get your book read by one of these two book clubs? By either Oprah's book club or... I mean, gosh, that must be so thrilling. It's going to make somebody's life. Yeah, it's going to change their career forever, for yeah. better or for worse, probably for the better, I would imagine. I hope. Um, probably universally for the better. But that's, that's yeah, that's crazy. But I am I am excited. I hope he does get more people interested in reading and in book clubs in general. Maybe people will be like, oh, I like being in a book club, but you know what? I'm really more into genre fiction. I wonder if there's anything like that out there for me. A rising <laughs> tide floats all boats. Well Although, said, Tom. I don't want to read The End of Power by Moises' name. That's their first one. That's fine. I'm not saying it's a bad book. It's just I got I got too much to read. I can't join in on this. That's okay. You've, I've already got two book clubs myself. So yeah. I have two book clubs that. too. Just one of mine isn't public. I know. Super secret. Super secret manly book club. <laughs> I know how it is. I know how it is. But it hey, manly. speaking of new books out there, uh, Mistborn fans get excited because there are going to be two new Mistborn novels by Brandon Sanderson coming out in 2015 and early 2016. So that's that's a pretty tight schedule for two new books. And we know that he goes he goes pretty deep in his novels. So they will continue Wax and Wayne's adventures. Um, the ones begun by Alloy of Law. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's already hard at work on the follow up novel to Alloy of Law. Uh, when something unexpected happened. Uh, if there's one thing we've learned in 10 years of working with Brandon Sanderson, it's that he almost always delivers more than we've asked for him and that he loves to surprise us. We were awaiting the arrival of the previously announced sequel when he did it again, presenting us with not just one newborn novel, but twins. So that's why you're getting two books. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, he's, gosh, between all the traveling he does for appearances and, and podcasts and Everything, gosh, he's a he's a busy bee, that Brandon Sanderson. He is. So he's, good for him. Well done. That is uh, very exciting. Uh, then, so Rob and Chikara both posted that. Uh, mm-hmm. Do do when you post things to the QuickBird threads, you know, to give a quick look, see if somebody else has already posted it first. Uh, but that's fine. Nick also said, a library in your pocket, how having an e-reader has changed my reading habits was worth a look. This is over at Tor.com. Joe Walton. Uh, who we read previously, mm-hmm. talks about how she sort of resisted e-readers. And then I believe it was her son finally talked her into one. And now she's she's totally on board for the aspect. And here's the thing. She still buys printed books. But what she used mm-hmm. to do is she would buy the hardback because she wanted to read it soon. And then she'd buy the paper book later because she prefers to have paperbacks. It's just her taste. So yeah. now what she does is she buys the e-book to read it soon. And then buys the paperback later if she wants to add it to her collection. 
She buys the paperback and not the hard hardcover. Yeah, I w- I do the opposite. Like when I buy a printed book, I buy the hardback because I think it looks better on the shelf, and I like having the book, I like having the item. She prefers right. the paperbacks, uh, which is you know that that's fine. That's interesting. To each their own. Yeah, I mean, I think I think e-readers have changed a lot of people's reading style. I mean, I know I read significantly more now that I'm on a Kindle than I ever did before the Kindle. Um, I think that's just because when I finish a book, I suddenly have access to all these other millions of books right at my fingertips, and it's so easy to just jump into something brand new. So instead of being like, oh, I'm going to go do something else now, I'd be like, all right, I finished that book. Now I can read the next one in the series. Or no, oh, I really like that author. I'm going to read the similar author now. Uh, so it just the progression happens a lot more quickly and a lot easier. There's a the barrier to entry getting into a book is is much lower. Well, she says the second way the e-reader unexpectedly changed my habits is, quote, I buy research books for it instead of getting them out of the library. Uh, and this is because not only does she get the book instantly rather than having to wait for like an interlibrary loan or something, but also uh, she always has it with her. She doesn't have to like decide if she's going on a vacation, whether to pack it or not. It's just there. They're always there. Yeah, I think that's probably the best part too. And the battery lives are phenomenal for so many of the e-readers for the e, out there. For the e-ink ones, yeah. For yeah, sure. yeah. So that, that makes a big difference. I mean, not that a book will never run out of batteries, but you also don't get to have as many as you want at your fingertips at that very moment. Um, so there's yeah. trade-offs, but there are still there are still holdouts out there books who are get like, no, wet. Books well, I guess e-readers get wet too. So. Well, you can put an e-reader in a plastic bag. You can put a book in a plastic bag. You, you just can't read it while it's in the bag. Hardcover might be a little more difficult. Yeah, but anyway, uh, you know, people people change, technologies change, and I think I think e-readers are a fantastic way for people to to bring their love of reading with them wherever they go. Absolutely. All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Uh, yeah, it, this is our 200th episode special segment. Woo! Uh, we were, we, we, had one. <laughs> we had some plans to do like a like an award show kind of thing, uh, but they never really took off, and we only blame ourselves, no, no one else. Uh, but we did get a best of 2014 thread thanks to Christina, uh, and people published uh, or, or posted their favorite books of 2014. Uh, so Christina started it off. Best published in 2014, The Crimson Campaign, Words of Radiance, Breach Zone, The Martian, and City of Heavenly Fire. Mm. And then Rob goes on to say Elithian Scene, The Martian, The Name of the Wind, Promise of Blood, and The Night Circus. Now, those were his top five sword and laser reads. So those weren't all published this past year, but they were ones that we picked uh, for the book club. Let's yeah, see, who else we got did he Did he intentionally eliminate the sword and laser reads from his top books read in 2014? Because none of them are the same. Oh, hmm. Awkward. Awkward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Words of Radiance, though. Top five book published in 2014 for him and his top book read in 2014. Hmm. All right. He's a, we got a Sanderson fan over here. Sky liked That's, Altered Carbon the best? Nice. 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 And The Martian, Name of the Wind, Promise of Blood, and Alithian Scene. I'm seeing some um I'm seeing some some repeats here, which is interesting. Ah, oh, we've got yeah, the Martian's showing up on a lot of people's list. Eleanor says Ancillary Justice, The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms, Slaughterhouse Five, Fool's Fate, and S. Obviously books read in twenty fourteen, not published yes, in twenty fourteen, which is fine. Published. You can do it however you want. I like how people have all their different lists. They have their top five sword and laser picks. They have their top five books read, which I'm also seeing a, a little overlap for um, 
Tesdai, Cdai, Cdai, T S E D A I. Am I thinking like? I'm never mind. I tried so hard. I'm sorry. Cdai, 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 Cdai. They liked the name of the wind best, followed by the Night Circus, the Martian, Dawn, and Altered Carbon. But there was only two overlaps there with their top five books read, which were Ready Player One, Words of Radiance, The Night Circus, The Slow Regard of Silent Things, and The Martian. Yeah, I guess we should go ahead and say uh, we both talked before the show. with We just picked one, like our, our favorite read of the year, uh, and we both picked The Martian. Yeah, it was both of our favorite reads. So I, it was just a great book. <laughs> I can't really say enough good things about it. I, I still go back to it in my mind sometimes. I want to read it again. I can't wait to see the movie. Uh, I, I, part of me wants to have a sequel just because I want to continue to live in that world. Mm-hmm. And then part of me is like, no, I actually kind of don't want a sequel because it was so good. And what if it's not as good if there's a sequel, which is kind of a stupid reason not to want a sequel because hopefully it will be. Uh, and he even left room at the end of that story, definitely for a sequel, right? So, you think? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he was guaranteeing one, but he left he left a place where you you could easily pick up a story. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Omni um, had their science fiction novels released in 2014 top picks. Uh, number five for them was The Martian. Number four, The Long Mars by Terry Pratchett uh, and Stephen Baxter. Then Earth Awakens by Orson Scott Card. John Scalzi's Lock-In made number two. And their number one is Hugh Howey's Sand. Yeah, I found that interesting. That's exciting. Um, I, I got to continue on in that series as well. io9 also had their best science fiction and fantasy books of 2014, uh, which I shared on the Twitter account um, a couple days ago. And they picked The Bone Clocks by David Mitchell uh, being at the I top. I love that version of Cloud Atlas. <laughs> it's very similar, right? Like it, it, it follows the same, the same similar I, structure. Except it's not, it's not a circle story so much. Uh, the way Cloud Atlas is where, it, you know, you get half the story first and then you half the story. It doesn't do that. But it definitely is just moving through time with characters overlapping. And it's all continuously the same story for sure. Yeah, why would you do that? Why would you do this? I mean, you do such a novel storytelling thing and then you go back and basically repeat it. Well, that's what I'm trying to say is it is different in that it's a continuous story for all through all the periods, whereas Cloud Atlas really isn't. Cloud Atlas, there's very tenuous connections between all the periods. Okay. And then uh, Broken Monsters by Lauren Bukes. 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 Uh, we also have The Book of Strange New Things by Michelle Faber. Faber? Faber. Damn it, Veronica. Starting out the new year with a bang, really. Uh, The Peripheral by William Gibson. Gibson. Uh, Maplecroft by Sherry Priest, which I'm excited about. I've been really looking forward to that one. Lock In, which made every list. Uh, Maybe we should read that. We should definitely read that, yeah. Although we've already read two John Scalzi's, so do we do that again? People were kind of like, we already read John Scalzi. We'll see. We We read John John Scalzi once as an alternate, once as a main. True. But that doesn't mean we can't read it. It doesn't have to be a book pick. We should read True. it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, we've got, what else we got here on? Love Grossman, The Magician's Land. So uh, I love that, that series. series. I, I read that this year and I really enjoyed it. And very happy to see Full Fathom 5 by Max Gladstone on this list as well. Um, he's just a great guy, great author. 
Um, so they've got a much longer list, which also, of course, includes The Martian by Andy Weir. Um, so yeah, we're seeing some... Oh, so the Southern Reach trilogy by Jeff Vandermeer. I really want to pick that one up. Um, I've heard fantastic things about that. So that might be one that we think about down the line for next year. Cool. All right. Well, shall we move on to our book of the month discussion? Yes, let's. Our book pick for the month of January 2015 is The Sparrow by Mary Doria Russell. Um, I started picking it up already. Um, Of course, you can get it on Amazon or wherever books are sold and published. Um, So, yeah, it was published back in 1996, and it won the Arthur C. Clarke, the BSFA. Um, I can't say that, Tom. Can you say that next award? No, I don't think I can either. The Kurt Lafschwitz Price. It's German. Or or uh, the James Triptree Annual Science Fiction Book Award. Triptree, mm-hmm. and uh, it really is is very different from a lot of the kind of sci-fi we've read in the past. I would say because it it focuses heavily on the Jesuit priesthood, um, which you know I went into this book totally blind. I knew absolutely nothing about this book. In fact, I knew so little about it, I wasn't even sure it was the book pick because we had had the poll and I wasn't positive which one had won so I had to go to the Goodreads page and fortunately either you or Rob had put that it was the pick for January so I bought it and started reading it and I'm like huh priests all right this should be interesting this is a new one okay it's one of those books too where people go well it's really not science fiction uh, they try, oh, you know, they try to say, oh, it's a mainstream novel. It's literature. Therefore, it's, you know, like they do with Kurt Vonnegut. And it's like, mm-hmm. mm, it's science fiction. It may not be hard science fiction. In fact, there was already a thread on on the forums where people are, were debating uh, the inaccuracy of the relativistic time frame uh, of the trip, which as far as we can tell is wrong. It's not the correct physics, but I don't really care because it roughly is accurate and it's not essential to the story for it to be ascent to be right but it's it's definitely science fantasy if not science fiction mm, mm-hmm. and the the main character apparently um emilio sandos got his name from the pharmaceutical manufacturer who made her sons uh, maria doria russell's sons cold medicine yeah somebody asked because uh there have been a lot of uh i don't want to say accusations but a lot of people say that it is a uh is very similar to other uh, books that are out there. I'm trying to find, I thought I put, oh yeah, James Blish's A Case of Conscious, who's, mm. who has a, a character with a similar name. So they ask her, oh, is this, is this a tribute? Is it an homage? She's like, no, the, the cold medicine was called Sandoz when I was writing it. And I'm like, well, that sounds like a good name for a Jesuit priest from Puerto Rico. Sure. <laughs> it's not a direct quote, by the way. Inspiration strikes us in, in fascinating ways, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, um, also, there's a sequel, Children of God. If you really like this, you want to keep going. There's only those two, uh, but they've both won a lot of awards. And Warner Brothers had the film rights. Uh, Brad Pitt's Plan B was going to do it. Brad Pitt was going to play one of the main characters, uh, but sh- she revoked all the rights, uh, has taken them back to himse- herself. She's written a screenplay with her assistant, Karen Hall, although she doubts that it will ever be produced. But she's like, I just didn't like the idea of them making it the way I didn't want it to be made. Oh, interesting. I wonder if they had already written a screenplay for it and she didn't like it. And so she had the right to reject it because. Yeah, because they always change things. They kind of have to. That's the, the nature well, of yeah, film. Well, yeah, because I just watched, I just read an interview with um, the woman who wrote Gone Girl. 
and she was saying that she was very lucky because they typically let an author write the first stab at the screenplay. And then they say, they pat them on the head and they say, okay, good, good job. Try. Thank you. Good try. Now we're going to hire the person we always assumed was going to write it anyway. The person we had on list for writing this screenplay for this film. And then they, you know, give them a pile of money and tell them to go on their way. Uh, but she didn't, she actually was able to write the screenplay for the film. Um, so I wonder what, what uh, Mary Doria Russell's situation was if, if she had read the screenplay and was like yeah this is not, not I'm not cool with this but I mean is it I guess it depends on the person you know would you rather never have it be made and have the screenplay be the vision you want it to be or would you rather let people millions more people learn about your book and story through the film and then hopefully come back and read the original book. Yeah. It's a good way of putting it. And not have it be like your vision. Because I mean, the argument against that would be like, but I don't want them. I don't want them to get the wrong impression about the book by seeing a movie that is not true to my vision. But at the same time, if that brings a lot more people to your book, more people will see that vision. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 interesting. That's a good uh, question. The Sparrow, don't get put off. A lot of people before we picked it were like, oh, it's a religious book. It's not a religious book. It's also not an anti-religious book. This is a book that has characters that are Jesuits in it. And you know, I'm not an expert on the Jesuit uh, order, but as far as I can tell, it's it's trying to be fairly true to the realities of 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 Jesuits. I, I've known a couple Jesuits, uh, and there's nothing that, from knowing them that, and I was raised in, a, I was raised a Catholic, as was Mary Doria Russell, uh, as were you. Uh, mm-hmm. There's nothing in here that stands out to me. It's like, oh, no, 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 that would never happen. I'm sure if you're a Jesuit, you probably could pick it all apart, right? Because anybody who's an expert in something can, can always do that. Uh, but it's not, I don't get the sense that it's trying to like tear down anything. It's more just exploring yeah, the nature of 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 evil and and motivations and, and what it's makes a story us human. About relig- it's a story about some religious people. Yeah, That's how I see it. There's also atheists in the book. It's a first contact story. Are right? very close to the religious people. I mean, Anne, for example, is a an avowed atheist, and she is very close to to uh, Sandoz. So um, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's a story about people who live with religion. Um, but it's not a religious tale. Now, Mary Doria Russell is interesting. She's from Elmhurst. It's a suburb of Chicago. Was raised Catholic, as I mentioned. Cleveland. Uh, no, she lives in Cleveland now. Uh, she no, lives. No, it says Lindhurst. This is oh. Yeah. Sorry, you're right. Father was a marine drill instructor. Her mother was a navy nurse. Wow. She got a PhD in biological anthropology from Michigan. That's part of what makes me say, listen. You want to pick on this for not being science fiction. I, I called it science fantasy earlier, but I want to argue that this is science fiction, even if the physics is wrong, because the anthropology is right. Hmm. Now, we can have a long on conversation about whether anthropology is a real science or not another time, but it is. It's a science. It may not be as well developed, and it certainly isn't as well respected, uh, but it, you know, it's, it is a science, and it, it's getting to be better all the time as it, as it learns more about humanity. She's a biological anthropologist she wrote a biological anthropology fiction story as far as i can tell that's a good way of putting it it's an interesting way of putting it um i don't see why anyone would not call it a science fiction story so that's just i it's it feels very pure sci-fi to be already so i don't really understand why people are even saying that's not sci-fi 
And I find it ridiculous that people say a mainstream novel is different from a sci-fi novel because a sci-fi novel can totally be mainstream. Yeah. I think part of it too is that she went on to write, I mean, she wrote a sequel to this, but then she write two, wrote his two historical novels, uh, Threat of Grace and Dreamers of the Day, and a Western called Doc. And so you might, you might be tempted to say, ah, see, she's, she's just a mainstream fiction writer because she doesn't stay in the genre. But once again, like Philip K. Well, Dick yeah, look at wrote non-science yeah, fiction, Dick, Guy and he's still K. a sci-fi. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of authors who who dabble in fiction away from genre fiction, so that's not that's not all that surprising to me. Um, but yeah, so there's uh, there's a sequel, and uh, I, I I am not too far in. I'm only about halfway, less than halfway through still. But I mean, come on, it's a fifth. <laughs> I'm chugging along pretty well so far. I this is the kind of book where you know there are certainly books where I'm like I need to finish them. Uh, there are rarely books that I don't enjoy when I'm reading them, but there are books that I, I, I make time for, and there are books that I'm, I'm looking for time for. And this is a book where I'm looking for time to read it. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I, I want to point out for people who are like, I just don't get the name Sparrow science fiction about Jesuits. Where does this fit in? Uh, Matthew 10, 29, 31 relates that not even a sparrow falls to the earth without God's knowing of it. And once you get into the story, you'll kind of see where that does frame the general idea of this story. But as I said, it's not about religious people. It's uh, even though it's got Jesuits as a central character, uh, as, as Veronica pointed out, it's, it's got atheists, it's got agnostics, it's got Jewish people. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's, it's got people of all different beliefs, many different beliefs anyway. Uh, and it's, uh, it's about what makes us human. I think that's, and, and especially as a first contact story with aliens, that's really what I'm getting out of it. Mm -hmm. Nicely said. And, of course, there are some fantastic characters in this book, um, as Christina jumps in to say. She says, I want to have dinner with Anne and George. <laughs> Started this on Blind Faith and SNL without knowing anything about the book. I'm totally hooked. I love the characters. They are so distinct. I'm enjoying the present past pattern of the chapters. The difference with how happy Amelia was and how he currently is has me very curious and a little anxious about what happens in between. Yeah, but and, then they go on to discuss the amazing dinner parties that Anne and George have because they are pretty legendary in the book, and a lot of people are saying that that Anne and George are amalgams of of Maria Doria Russell, Mary Doria Russell, and her husband. Maybe. Um, so that's you know, is it the author writing themselves into the tale? Um, well, what's the I, term for that? There's a term for Mary that. Sue. Not, not really no. Mary Sue. Oh, no. you're, that's not what you're looking for? No, it's not um, what I'm looking for. You know, I, maybe. Stand-in. It's like a stand-in, basically. All, all characters says. are. I don't know how much these are. Could be. If it is, I want to have dinner with Mary Dory Russell because yep. I also want to have dinner with Anne and George. In fact, the dinner party scene, the 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 one big dinner party scene, although there's a few, uh, made me want to have a dinner party. I was like, wow, yeah. that just, they make it sound so fun. It's uh yeah they seem like like a cool a cool couple, um gosh I'm so nervous because I don't want to get into spoilers it's too soon to get into spoilers because a lot of you haven't even started the book yet. Um, well here's here's look, the thing we can look pretty dire in the beginning of the book at least. We can put a line under it right here spoiler time uh, and say it's too early. that it's that's too early. it we're not going to spoil anything else because we are going to move on to have some final thoughts on the Night Circus which is going to be spoilery for that book. Um, but yeah, 
Hang in there. I don't know. I'm too. I'm. I'm not ready to get into spoiler. I, I know. Right. I know the audience has spoken and has said no, no talk about spoilers. It's fine, but it's only the fifth of freaking January. It's too soon. But I'm yeah, like, but they're all done with it by now. We 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 are the only two schmucks faster. who actually wait and don't read the book before the month. I don't wait. It's not on purpose. Most of the people out there, they're like, as soon as we announce the book, they're like done within two days. It's crazy. You guys are so effing fast. (laughs) My God. Um, Yeah, you guys are too smart. So maybe you can join Zuckerberg's book club and I can't get too mad at you because you can just apparently suck down books the way I suck down whiskey. (laughs) Woo! That's a lot. That's fast, too. Ow! All right. Should we should we get spoilery about last thoughts on Night Circus? Uh, we mostly wrapped it up last time, but Veronica hadn't quite finished it, and now you have five percent left. I was so close. Um, yeah. So okay. So Bailey's in charge of the circus now. Okay. Kind of saw that coming. Is he Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey? That was the question I always wanted to ask. I kind of feel like that's left to your... Was that just a nod? Yeah, like, like little... maybe he is. Wink, wink. I, I don't know if that's what it's meant for or not, but that's how I took it was she didn't want to be so on the nose to like mm-hmm. have him meet Barnum <laughs> yeah. and stuff. But but there was there's certainly a there's certainly a nod. There was definitely a moment where I was like, Oh, oh, me too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. If he, well, oh. maybe, maybe the redheads are the ringling. Well, no, they're brother and sister, though. Never, <laughs> that doesn't work. Maybe. Um, yeah, I, I liked the book a lot, though I still don't understand why they didn't, why they left early that time where Bailey missed the circus. There was no reason for them to leave early. They just fucking took off. Wait, what are you talking about? When, when when they're waiting for Bailey to come, like save them from whatever disaster has yeah. been impending, and they say, "You better come," you know, they better show up. And the circus never leaves early. And then just this time, they left early, and they just kind of say, "Yeah, well, I guess they just decided to leave early that night." But wouldn't that not be the night they would want to leave early? Well, but they're not the ones in charge of it. There was Who an explanation is? in there, and now I just don't remember. No, there wasn't, because we were talking about this on the forums, too, and everyone was kind of like, yeah, that was like kind of convenient, I, I guess. felt like, because I remember having the same question, and I felt like I came up with an answer anyway. Maybe I just made it up in my own head. Maybe. But I don't remember what it was. But I feel like... like I don't really feel like what he could have done well, to sh- prevent anything. But, okay, only the, the redheads knew that Bailey was going to save them at first, right? I guess. Yeah, yeah. Or did they close? Did they close in order to uh, make it easier for them to get Bailey, and then that had the unexpected effect of driving him away because it was close? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, there was the whole fight though. There was the 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 man in the gray suit was fighting them. Maybe that's why it had to. Isn't that why it had to close? I, this is the problem with reading something too late yeah. or like talking about it like a month after I finished the book. Well, it, it is the problem if you want to get that detailed because, man, yeah. I don't remember that stuff. But anyway, I really loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, fantastic first novel. Just really awesome effort by Aaron Morgenstern. Um, I'm glad we picked it. Yeah, me too. I'm glad we read it. Uh, good job. Well done. Can't wait to good see job, the next everybody. one. Yes. Good, good job. Pat yourselves on the back. <laughs> I guess I got to start thinking about, oh, I got to start thinking about February. February already. Maybe I don't want to talk about it yet. I've got some ideas. Got ideas? I got some no good hints. ideas. No hints. 
But, All right, well, I mentioned would, I mentioned one of them in the show so far. Would it be dictatorial pick, vote, or something I think else? it'll be dictatorial. All right. Unless they, like, throw a riot and get really mad at me. Whatever. You know, I can show you how Why to fix an election. Why have I ever cared about that? What have I ever cared? Let them eat cake and drink whiskey. Let them read books. Let them read books about cake. All right. Well, I guess that kind of wraps it up for this episode. Um, so, yeah, pick up, please, uh, The Sparrow by Mary Joria Russell. And uh, we're going to be reading that this month. All the discussions are uh, already jumping over on goodreads.com slash sword and laser. Uh, so jump in over there and, and start reading away. Um, anything else going on this month? Let's see. I don't think so. Um, I'm going to be at CES for the rest of the week. So if anyone is in Vegas and wants to say hi, I will be at the Intel booth on um, Wednesday and Thursday. And then I'm taking back home, uh, off back home on Friday afternoon. So yeah, come by and say hello. And otherwise, I guess we will see each other again on the, uh, well, we're going to have an interview next week, actually, on the 13th with uh, Daniel H. Wilson. Um, So I will, uh, he's creating a brand new app, by the way, so I think that's really a a cool thing we haven't discussed a lot about with with authors in the past. He's creating a fictional world within an application for So he's an author, but also creating an app? Yeah. Nice. Well, Daniel H. Wilson wrote Ropopocalypse and, and books in that series. He's um he's a brilliant guy. I believe we've had him on the show before. Have we not? Have I just I did a panel with him at um in Gadget Expand a couple of years ago, so that's how I know him personally. Um but I feel like we've had him on the show. Maybe not. But uh he's he's really smart, really great guy. So uh stay tuned for that. I will put a link to the Google Plus page uh, so you guys can RSVP if you want to join us live. Otherwise stay tuned to the feed and that will be up there then on the thirteenth. So happy new year. That's happy new year. Happy episode 200. Here's to 200 more episodes. You guys want to get in touch with us. The email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. The website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, the phone number is 415-7SWORD6. Don't forget to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash swordandlaser. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!